But what do you do yeah. with a compromised judiciary? What do you do when the judiciary, the legislative group, the body? I mean, it, this is a this is a real question that people are asking me every time I meet with them. Like Joe, what do well, we do? The base, the base case, Joe, is we keep our our game together for 13 months. We got 13 months in a wake up, and then we have a non-rigged election because we've used the, these next 13 months to get everything fought for and tightened, and we just keep on, you know, these things. These these uh, another state just voted today to do I forget which one, but to do forensic audits. Uh, Texas picked four key counties. I know what they're going to find. So things will get tighter over the next 13 months that we get what integrity we can. We get Republicans trained so they can work on election day and do and be in there. And we'll have a landslide in 13 months because Americans do not want this socialist authoritarianism. And at that point, we can have the political process start working itself out of the ditch we just drove into. That's my base case. Now, there are there are some some more 15, 20 yard pickups to be thrown. If Arizona, I think they're going to do Pima County too. And they're going to have, now they know what to look for real quick. They can do it much quicker. And they can have, you know, Arizona may at some point be revisiting this question of decertifying. There's another couple states that move the way there. But maybe there's some way that you can throw a pass that gets us all to the Supreme Court if enough of the right things happen. You know, Tory, I know there's a woman that people have their own thoughts about Tory, as in Tory says. She has about 15 states have in their Supreme Courts in the last week have gotten lawsuits filed because it turns out 26 states in America have language in their constitutions that say you can't uh, make someone take part in any mandatory health care scheme, data collection, vehicle, whatever. And it was passed a decade ago to fight Obamacare. It starts in 26 states. She's got, she has grassroots open source, about 15 lawsuits into existence, about eight at the federal, in the federal courts, protecting vets and such and going after vac vaccine things. So we're, we're in the, you may not be following it all, but between that and these, they were able to thwart to some degree Arizona, but as this keeps kicking into gear and bubbling up, it just gets harder and harder for them. And people, we know they're just going to find a mess everywhere they dig. Well, I think that that's one of the issues, right, is that we know that they're going to dig in. They know that they're going to gather more information, but we already have the information. And we keep, we keep walking past all the deviations that keep occurring everywhere. You know, you have over 5,000 uh, affidavits that were signed. You have people that were working on the election in Michigan. <coughs> That was you as a contractor. They dismissed her and then dismissed the fact that she was telling them that they were running, you know, ballots through the, the, the system over and over and over again. So the more evidence that comes out, they're like, oh, that didn't work. Shouldn't we go back and start revisiting and collecting all of the evidence and building a case? Uh, much like you, what you would, David, what, what you would do if you were in a, a case where you were prosecuting someone for, for fraud. Shouldn't we bring all of that stuff back into the equation and say, hey, here was the shredder truck. Here's. Um, the the uh, behavioral deviation. Here's what's happening um, on the math and science, and and I, and I want to and I want to before I go to you, David, and ask you about this. I want to show you guys a diagram. Now this was done by a person named Draza, who is a mathematician. She's getting her PhD. She's very 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 smart. Go ahead and if you can, Mr. Producer, put up that image. So this is um, a graph using time series reporting intervals of the California recall election and the 2020 Colorado presidential election. 
And so we have some math guys that are working together, and Draza is one of those people that has, you know, tirelessly gone through this. But if you'll notice, <coughs> there are some stark similarities between the Colorado president election and the California recall election. Do you see that? Where you see it yeah. goes up, and then it goes up, and then you see this little curve, it goes up, and then it flattens out, and it goes to a fixed point. Um, the correlation for these, and uh, Jovan, I know that you've seen some, some of these, and uh, Professor Clemens, you've seen it. Um, have you seen this before, Patrick? I have not seen that before. So what we're trying to dig into is, is this PID? Is this, uh, you know, uh, a decay function? It looks like a decay function. And one of, the, one of the things that we replaced when we were going through it, so we're really close on the math, getting to what algorithms were used across the country in, in a variable function um, to steal the election. But this should not happen. Now, I could show you 10 or 12 more charts as well. Go ahead and take it down, Mr. Producer. And it would show you those the same. Those peaks and valleys. It's really hard to ignore those peaks and valleys right there. It's, it's unbelievable. You need to understand <laughs> what, they, what they truly represent. They truly represent we had both eyes and hands inside our election at every moment in time. That's the only way you can keep that counterbalance going to the point that you can negate it and take over. You have to be in it and eyes on it 24-7 every second, and that is the big smoking gun or would not parallel like that. Well, and so we're, we're seeing that the math doesn't add up. We're seeing that there's massive issues in all this, and we, we, as we're seeing all these things, it, the mainstream media is just saying nothing to see here. I mean, doesn't it just strike you as odd that they're negating everything with I'm debunking it, but there's no evidence to debunk it. They just make it up. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I felt it's kind of breaking on them there. You know, they can do that, but last I measured it, it was 57.3% agree with us and another 11 and a half aren't sure. So 69% of Americans will not say Biden. So only 31% will say Biden was legitimately elected. That they're confident there was that he was elected, elected fairly. That's less than a third, so that's progress. Well, I, I would I would also chime in that there's definitely been progress. I mean, it's I think one of the the frustrations is because Maricopa has been built like the first domino, and I and I'm I'm of the mind that it is. But what you're seeing are some bad bad actors that are thrusting themselves up against that domino, trying to keep it from falling. And and to Joe's point. It seems like no matter what we bring up, it's never good enough because we're, we're dealing with liars. I mean, and, and our emotional ebbs and flows, you know, tend to, to be aggravated by whether Fox News says something or not. And at this point, it's like, why do why do any of us care what these liars are saying or what they're reporting? Because they've got a vested interest in not reporting the truth because they're part of the con. They're part of the scheme. And when you've got you know, Fox News calling the election early in Arizona. Why is it any surprise that now, after we're finding all this evidence, that they're doubling down? Um, so to your point, Joe, I think this is a matter of advocacy. I mean, we, we can't, I mean, I, I, I vacillate from just wanting to critique and, and looking at the missed opportunities, but we have to speak into existence this idea, this attitude that, yes, we will do more than call, we will do more than email, if it means that we need to caravan and have permanent rallies, the peaceful kind, I want, I want to 
express my my uh, solidarity with Patrick and Javon on, on Peaceful, but but we have to make our presence felt in, in a way that puts the Antifa folks to shame. I mean, remember the Chad zone or the Chad zones? I mean, there's ways for patriots to get together, congregate, pray, have vending trucks, and just have a permanent visual representation of we the people in Maricopa until we break their spirit. But we can't just say, okay, we tried and, and, and then wait for the slow walk, because this is what's frustrating for, for the American people is that look at the leaders in this conference call. You've got former CEOs. You've got Jovan. You've got myself. None of us right now presently are in law enforcement, yet all of us are aware that crime was committed. And to me, it's, it's specious to suggest that the AG had to wait until the findings were done. They could have independently investigated and came to the same conclusion that we did back in November, back in December, back in January. And, and, and the reality is they haven't done anything. And so what does that mean? I, I don't have much confidence that they will, they, they will somehow get on board at this point. If, if you're operating under the auspices that this was the greatest crime in history, people, news, web, news, news networks, uh, law enforcement people should be talking about this 24 seven night and day. And they're not, the American people are. Um, so, you know, I, I just, the I American just think people are. Are. May, may I put, David, you made a great point and you're so mature and based like a prosecutor, like a professor should be. It's there's advice. If you've ever dealt with anyone who's in a narcissistic relationship, the, it turns out that shrinks hate treating narcissists more than they dislike any other malady because the only way to treat a narcissist is to withdraw. There's no way to beat them. It always changes. And you look at the, the learn about what a narcissistic relationship is and how they suck you in and everything's always, the rules are always changing and the asymmetrical and such. Well, that's the way to understand our, the, our real American patriotic, love the constitution, want this experiment to work and progress, how we, that's the relationship we are in with the mainstream media at this point. And the right thing to do is, is to pull out. It's just not to worry about, should we get more people? You know, what does CNN have watching? A hundred, 200,000 people now? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, you know, we, we get bigger than that with social media. Let's stop having this, you know, they have this attitude while they're looking down their nose. They're the ones who set what the real news is. You gotta be kidding me. So I, I, don't, I don't sweat it all. I don't sweat. I love it when they have horrible stories about me. It's I got over there yeah, 10 well, years ago. What, what, I, what I'm, I think I'm, I'm speaking to, though, uh, Patrick and, and gentlemen, is that we know that the audit report we got in Maricopa is not the audit report that the people that, that devised it wanted it to be because of tremendous pressure otherwise. So we need to, to work and advocate for the findings that we have. Right. We've got the 57,000 plus illegal uh, votes and we need to shine a light on it. But in the meantime, we we demand the routers. We demand we demand Jovan's findings. And I would like to get the, the first draft that Doug Logan wrote that was probably much more bombastic than the than the watered down version that we got, because duress has been at work when we and, and we've confirmed this through back channels. We know that Doug has been put under tremendous pressure. And so we can make those things right by by putting the pressure on Karen Fan. A lot of us were operating under the the thought that some of our conservatives were working with us 
And now, 2020 hindsight, we don't have everyone being a Wendy Rogers, a Sonny Borelli, you know, a Mark Finch. And we're finding that some of these other folks were testing the wind and we gave them the benefit of the doubt until we got this report. And so I think when when the audit approved the canvas, the routers, the kinematic findings, and they didn't deliver, what are we going to do from an action item standpoint to ensure that we get what we were promised? And they shouldn't get off the hook. I mean, I, I just we have to assert ourselves. And if that means us, I, I call it a curse campaign. It's it, the curse campaign is how do you make someone's life a living hell? How are we going to make these politicians lives a living hell where it's not fun to be a politician anymore? I mean, and, and short of violence, but we're obviously they tuned us out. And, and what I'm seeing is this new spell that's being delivered to kind of put us to sleep just a little bit more to just give us a little bit of hope that this Brnovich guy is going to solve our problems. And then what do we do? We wait again. The question is, are we waiting for more disappointment as the clock runs out? And we just cannot risk that. Well, and at some point we have to get to the place where we just start talking more about the truth. I believe that the reason why people out there are are saying nothing to see here. We're not seeing the same courage. We're seeing courage from some people in, in Maricopa County, some people in the Arizona Senate, but not enough, is that they're just waiting for us to do something. They're, they're like, ah, oh, we really, maybe we could just run it out. Maybe we've said it enough. Maybe the mainstream media has turned off enough people. We should be raging upset. We should be angry. We should be really angry. Now, again, I don't want to advocate for violence. I don't want to advocate for violence. But I do believe that we're in the middle of a war. We're in the middle of a coup. They have stolen an election in the United States. They have, and we don't even know how many of the elections they've stolen. We're only talking about the president. What about Senate races, local races, AG yeah. races, uh, district attorney races? I mean, we could be talking about massive numbers of infiltration across the country because we're seeing it across the country. So, I, I mean, I, I firmly believe that we have to start talking about the facts and and I don't know, have you got a chance to go through some of the, the volumes yet? Have you have you gone through it? I mean, Jovan, I know you have. Patrick, have you gone through some of the volumes? No. I'm going to share something with you that's in volume three. Go ahead and put it up. I'm going to read it for everyone. Could I put up that image that I just sent to you, Mr. Producer? So, so this is something that is in uh, buried in volume three of the audit report. Cyber Ninjas notes that 263,139 ballot images were corrupted in so let me read this deal. The audit has covered 263,139 ballot images on the election system that are corrupt and unreadable TIFF format images. It is unclear what events should have resulted in this number of images being corrupted. The corruption of the ballot images in the election system only occurred for ballots that were scanned on or after November 1st, 2020. No corruption of ballots images occurred in the 1,347,240 ballots processed the same nine high-speed scanners prior to November 1, 2020. The image corruption is congruent in, I can't read, I need to put my glasses on. Incongruous. Incongruous with the performance of those same nine high-speed scanner, I, guys, my whole thing is high-speed scanner same scan, The same scanners that scanned 1.3 million, yeah. 1, 1,347,240 ballots flawlessly yeah for some reason mysteriously had 263,139 go corrupt yeah. the question is why would they just kind of instantly go corrupt 
Or is it the fact that when you look at Shiva's information and other information, you find those weird days after the election where stuff was being fed into the system because they said, oh, we couldn't account count it all when they did. You find out all of a sudden you have a, a vote in data and you have a vote right. in a ballot. But one way to confirm the ballot trail is that scan of the ballot and oops, they're gone. Yeah, and it, there's a note at the bottom in that volume three that says that they tried to reach out to Maricopa County to get another copy of those ballots and were no response, right? They're intentionally corrupted. They're not- Intentionally corrupted, they're, they're, absolutely. Right now I have a team working on it. They're trying to find out the nature of the corruption and even the JSON experts that we have brought in, I've brought in three, say they've never seen files like this ever corrupted it's not some it's one of the most stable platforms there is because there's so much information they're still trying to figure out how was it intentionally done this way and think code was inserted to corrupt them well we'll get it though and, and so that goes to the point of you know tampering with evidence destruction of evidence uh, federal law preservation there's there's state laws and there's also something that i know jovan's thrown out there a few times i've done it um, an inference of spoliation where you can say, judge, we, we are we are alleging that if we had this information, it would prove our theory of the case. And by destroying this, we can't do this. The bad party should not be able to stand by this and be rewarded through conduct that has circumvented and, and had an effect on our election. So I look at the Maricopa Board of Supervisors as the custodians of this information it, however it was destroyed, it was destroyed on their watch. And so this goes back to decertification. That post that you just provided, Joe, is enough to decertify the election. I mean, that's what I'm talking Good. about. Pick your poison on any one of these pages. Um, and there's one question Good that I, I want to raise here. here. I yeah, thought I, that I, it worked. Didn't I? I thought it kind of worked simple. I thought that if a county official said these are the results, and then people showed up and said they want to audit. They have to have all the backup. And if they don't have the backup, it's like there was an election. It, yeah. Under no circumstances that I thought anyone could say, well, here are the results, but I just have erased all the backup. Take my word for it. I've never, I wouldn't have imagined 20 years ago that that would even be a position someone could take. It's obvious that there's been no election if there's no backup. No, I guarantee you every case, every state has a case on spoliation where judge we know that this evidence would have proved it, but it's been removed. And so what the court will do is make a finding of fact that will be a part of the record. And the inference can be made by the fact finder, and that can be the judge or the jury, that what we are saying would have been there was purposely destroyed because it would have proved our case. And so that happens in, in um, courtrooms across the country. So yeah, I, I think that that's an issue. And then the other thing that I want to talk about, and, and this is a question for Javon, is that when a lot of us were mystified with the tally, the recount, this is where the paper becomes critical because Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, there was a discussion over a lack of chain of custody over ballot boxes that were open. And so what what ballots were we recounting? This, this gets to the heart of what Jovan was doing because you've got five months to pull the wool over our eyes. And, and I'm not convinced that we do have an accurate tally. No, 
I would tell you just from my standpoint of what I can openly talk about, there were 1,675 ballot boxes that were investigated. Out of 1,675 ballot boxes investigated, there were only two that were properly sealed, or 52 that were properly sealed according to how elections are supposed to be run. They're supposed to have sealed ballot bags or batches inside. They should be rubber band or sealed. Then the box is sealed. 52 of those boxes were sealed properly out of 165. Now, here's what I really find interesting. Those 52 that were, in fact, sealed were set aside on election day by the county officials that says when we have to do an audit, if we have to, we'll only go to these boxes. They pre-chose them. Those are the only ones they handled specially. All the others wide open. Nothing was in order. It was all jumbled and thrown in there. Anybody at any time could have stuck it in. And that's why the hand folds are much higher than what they should be. Because if you went back under the guise of doing an audit and you had to get time to fold them real quick, you're going to instantly fold them like you think you should fold a letter. That's not the fold that the balance cadence fall on. And we're able to measure hand folds as well. We're here with Patrick Byrne, Joe Von Pulitzer, and Professor David Clements. Lots of people watching us for the first time. Just want to remind everyone we do go live two times a day at 11 a.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Eastern time. If you want to subscribe to the audio version of the podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Podbean. If you text the word FREEDOM to 89517, that's FREEDOM to 89517, you'll get a text alert with the links for the day's shows right before they go live. So the paper, we haven't heard a lot about the paper. Can we, Jovan, can you tell us anything about the paper? Because obviously you were going at it from the, the paper perspective, and, and we already talked about they didn't include a lot of your findings in the report. Um, well, I'm just going through some really of the, the comments on DLive. People are asking, were, was there any bamboo fibers? Because that was something that we had heard the media pushing, and then sometimes we hear some people in conservatives conservative circles pushing, did they find any bamboo fibers? Let me qualify that statement because you have to understand how that occurred. Uh, there was a, should we say, relevation or testament that some ballots came over from somewhere in Asia, landed in uh, Phoenix and were used. At that time, we were interviewing forensic paper experts to help in this process. There were numerous ones numerous ones. The, all the forensic experts and agencies we talked to agreed that if in fact paper was manufactured in Asia, that the outstanding signature that could be seen in the ballot would be bamboo strand, meaning mm -hmm. uh, Asia particularly China, doesn't have the tree crops like we have or the pulp industry. We don't send our pulp industry to them. Our industry is unique. They play in packaging. We play in these goods like ballots and stationery. So that would have been the killer signal, unique signature fingerprint in the paper. Now, in order to find the bamboo, what you have to do is you have to punch a little divot in the ballot, like a hole puncher. You have to punch one little divot. You basically turn it into a spit wad and liquefy it, and then you look at it, and then you can see the bamboo fiber. That was not allowed. They call that destroying the ballot, even though it really wouldn't have affected the ballot because you could have done it in an open area, was not allowed. However, not even taking the, one little spit wad. Not even, not even one, one little spit wad. 
we even did tests that we could get it down to the circumference of a ballpoint pen, meaning not the ballpoint that comes out, but the little hole that comes out of, we could do it with that small of a punct in the paper. Wouldn't allow it because they still said you're defacing the ballot. And see so what when here? you saw the, the what? You see what's happening here? Yes. Yeah. And so what happened is As if we're not so allow that. They're so fastidious about the treatment of ballots. You can't even make that little punch in a quarter. Meanwhile, you're like saying they're making up $255,000. Like you shined a light on it. You the paper a little bit. You, you destroyed the yeah, paper. Yeah, they, they, they would try everything. Out. We even <laughs> tried to get just the corner nipped off, a two millimeter nip. That would mean it would just take the point nicely off the end. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't allow it. When you saw the UV on Who's the floor, they? it had nothing Who's to they? do with Karen? bamboo. Karen Fan wouldn't allow that. Karen no, Fan no. would not allow that. We all we all went. Here it is. Here's what we want. Here's how we do it. It kept on coming back. Can't be done. That's destroying. That was their beef, and because you're all trying to do it within these bogus guidelines that they have. Anyway, that tells that tells um, everyone everything they need to know. That tells everyone they need what they need to know. I mean, that, that's so we it. couldn't do this. Well, I mean, there's more to the story. Hang on, we couldn't do destructive testing. Now, a few things happened. When you saw the UV light on the floor, that had nothing to do with bamboo. It had everything to do with the MIT codes that are embedded in the paper. We only needed to see certain ballots to confirm the MIT was there, and then our code would pick up the rest. That's why you saw it for a short time. However, there were these plants inside the audit that would follow around people like Bob Hughes and Bob Hughes basically popped off one of these guys and said, I don't know, maybe they're looking for bamboo. It was a joke. It was a setup for the left media. They took it. They ran with it. That's how that became a story. That's what that light was for. It was not true. Now, if you also remember in uh, Arizona, there was a, a patriot, a retired uh, military guy that found shredded ballots in the dumpster. He picked them up. I got notified, hey, we had shredded ballots. I heard it from ex administration officials to all over. Mm -hmm. says, hey, great. You know what? They're already shredded. I don't have to worry yeah. about destroying Thanks them. Send me samples. Right? Mm -hmm. We had teams ready to do this. Um, unfortunately, in that team, because that particular a lady got a hold of them and she was going to do a, a uh, Supreme Court case, she sequestered them from everybody. Right? And it completely changed the telemetry telemetry of it to this day we haven't been able to get any of those but it's now destroyed and the reason it's destroyed is when it was in that bag when they had video of it and they sealed it we could have kept that integrity there got a hold of it kept it in a good chain of command and tested it but as soon as somebody else tried to do their other agenda with it oh we'll just tape them all together oh i gotta hide them with my friend here no idea of the supreme court case yeah. They destroyed any chance we had at having any integrity with it, and Patriots did it to themselves. So okay, we had so, opportunities. So, to, uh, so here, right. here's a, here's the point, right? We we just talked about sixteen hundred boxes. Only two of them we could locate that were sealed in accordance 52. with the chain yes, of custody 52. standards. Fifty-two. Okay. Fifty-two. Yes. Fifty-two. All right. So fifty-two. And so we've got all of that, but again, you can't touch shredded ballots that you know they just materialize somewhere in dumpsters outside the mtech center and then you also have the mysterious hickman fire 
I mean, this the the the, inc- uh, the the cognitive dissonance between when they want to raise a barrier on what you can touch because of the fear of chain of custody, and when you compare that to the actual report that we we're all just looking at, where we raise these chain of custody issues, and everyone that 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 should have a, a foam in their mouth, the AG should be foaming at the mouth to get indictments and prosecutions underway. Um, this is just, honestly, I'm, I'm having a hard time just, yeah, I, I don't know. Right Let me ask you this, Jovan. Jovan, are we yeah. ever, do you have a degree of confidence that we're going to see your findings? Let me just Absolutely. ask the question outright. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. You, you will see my findings. They will come out um, and they will be shared. My work's still ongoing for, for what I do for them because we give them proof files back. Last little leg of that is exchanging these various mm-hmm. proof files and shoring them up and printing. The world will see it. I think they understand on the paper side, it's physical evidence. All of this other stuff can be attributed. Oh, that was just an accident. That was a bug in the system. Oh, somebody dropped the ballots when they were scanning them. They picked them back up. They kept yeah. them out. They didn't know where they started to restart it, so they just did it. That's the big deal about this physical stuff. The physical stuff absolutely proves intent. Somebody bought it. Somebody proved it. Somebody paid for it. And here it is inserted into the program. But you got to triangulate these things together. You have to triangulate it. You keep on hearing about ballots that are not necessarily real ballots. It's very interesting that Arizona claimed by election night they had only scanned or had only counted 35% of the mail-in ballots. They said they needed more days to do it. They were given till the 9th. They were given more days to do it. If you look in the provisionals, just incredibly high numbers of people came in and they said, well, we're sorry, we mailed you a ballot. You sent it back to us and it counted. And so you had to get a provisional. However, on the opposite side, that stands to reason if they counted 35%, right? And then the, the rest had to be counted later, then you would have an alternative invert of that. And that means, hey, we got your mail-in ballot. But now that we've counted it, we see you voted on voting day. You're out. They don't exist. They had them counted in advance. They knew. And what they did is they used cheap paper that was not supplied, the right paper. And when you take cheap paper, remember, Arizona did a one-year campaign saying what? We have a brand new paper that absolutely protects against the bleeds. It's this new bright white content. We've offset the columns for the first time. And by the way, Sharpie, 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 Sharpies. Never before and nowhere else. All of a sudden come election day, that paper's not available. They have to scramble. They use general office supply. It does not protect the bleeds. Calibration's out, moves the columns back in. And what do they do on election day? Everybody gets a Sharpie. This was planned. Well, hold on a second. Patrick, did you know about the part about testing the paper and that they wouldn't let them just take a two millimeter box? Did you know about that? I did not know about that, but I did know about something else that we should share. We should share. Jovan and I know about something and we've shared it once or twice publicly recently, but we should share with everyone in this movement because it gives us now, unfortunately, there's a company who this is a trade secret, but they, you know, uh, the issue is this, the paper that there's a type of paper that's really the monster out there. It's called vote secure paper. 
It has a number of security features that the world knew about. It also turned out to have a security feature that very few people knew about. And the details of the feature we can skip. It is their secret, but anyway, you know, this was all done to prevent there being a rigged election someday. If there was ever a, something exposed, everything about this would be it. But all that said, there's a strange physical property, an arcane physical property that can be tested in their paper with this device, and with a device the size of my thumb. And Jovan tracked this stuff all down and put it together, and we got some of these devices. And I know that Maricopa was tested, and they say, they've said four times that they use 100% vote secure paper. They, and I know that, that that paper was tested. It is 0% vote secure paper, 0%. Which means that they probably wanted to use fake paper because they knew they were going to shuffle in 300, 400, 500,000 fake ballots. So when you're going to do that, you want the whole thing. But here's what's really interesting about that. The Dominion machines have a setting that it turns out they have that same device internally that looks for vote secure paper. They, and, they, and they can be set to look for that. And if something is not vote secure it, paper, it gets, it gets sent into a different, gets diverted, either electronically or physically. So vote, uh, so those machines have that setting, but there's a secret way that no one would have known about to turn that setting off while making it look like it was turned on. And very few people know about that. It's not the kind of thing that election officials in Maricopa or Arizona would know about, but it's the kind of thing that Dominion employees know about, that there's this secret setting. And now I'm not alleging, and very few people in the industry even knew that this exists, but you can have it look like it's voting, checking to make sure every paper is vote secure paper, while in fact it's ignoring. That's how we believe this was set for this election, because it didn't identify, even though it was 100% fake, didn't find it. Well, who could have done that? I don't know. No hypotheses on who did that, but I have, I have a no, I have three candidates, I'll tell you first. There are two Dominion employees who were seconded to the Maricopa County for this election. And there was a third employee you may have heard of who advised them from up above specifically on the paper issue. You'll never guess his name. Let, let me say, let me, let me just. Is, is me he a baker? Is he, is he now a baker? Is he now calling himself a baker that happens to have a PhD in nuclear uh, engineering who goes by the name of Eric yeah. Coomer? Might be. That would be easy. You have to understand, I equate this to Breaking Bad. They needed a car yeah. wash to launder Walt's money, right? This is his name, yeah. Walt, if I remember. They needed a car wash. Uh, oh, In this right. particular scenario, very <laughs> low-level hack is, oh, we just forgot to order the paper, forcing the precincts to put it in supply, knowing well what will happen when they use that bad paper. But they had to wash it in the wash. And what they did is they flooded it and washed it in the wash. Now, what's really interesting, if you look at the total number of ballots that were done this way, that uh, basically had to be suspended, not canceled, because Sharpie Gate is not about canceling votes. Sharpie Gate is about suspending votes. And what they did is they suspended, you ready for this? They suspended about 273,000 votes while they had them up here so they could do this. 
oh, wait a minute. Why do we have almost 273 missing 1,000 images here of real ballots that we can't confirm? And, ha and, and how does it and how does it happen? How does it happen? How is all this just an anomaly? And and look, Professor Clements is literally losing his mind right now because he is hearing some of this stuff for the first time. And I can see him going, "What are you? Are you kidding me? Where is it? Where is it? I where's my gun?" Well, Joe, you had the right thing. It's one of the <laughs> okay, things we're adjusting in our reports is we're now taking our scientific findings yeah. and bringing in the affidavits that said, hey, I saw this and adding it to the reports because we're able to confirm things that people said in affidavits. I'll give you an example. One guy on affidavit said, I went into the voting precincts. Remember, they had rolling openings. Why would you open precincts late? But in this one precinct, he was the first one in. He walked in, voted his ballot, gets ready to put it in the box, and the box is already filled to the brim with votes. He asked the guys, wait a minute, I'm the first one here today. And the guy says, it's none of your business. Don't worry about it. And the guy went out. Well, he filed an affidavit. You ever wonder why there's 748 precincts in Arizona? And all of a sudden, you can find ballot bags, much less boxes, that have all 345 precincts in one box? How's that? Or in it's one not bag? Possible. How's it's that? Not possible. It's, it's because not possible. they're doing them real quick and they got to drop them in. Because the rule of thumb is don't break the precinct. The precincts are there. This is, uh, you know, people, we don't have a big national election. We basically have a state by state election. But the way you have to really look at this is 748 small elections in Maricopa. And if you have 5,000 registered voters here and all of them, by the way, we've done 2004 all the way up to 2020. Most of them would never break 59 percent. Even with uh, Donald J. Trump in 2016, now we got tons that are over 90 percent plus participation. You can't break the precinct number. So if you got 5,000 registered, you don't dare have 5,010. But here's an interesting thing. February 28th, the or February, the uh, uh, Biden administration put out a thing called the MITRE report. And the MITRE report said some things very interesting. And one of the things they said is if you get up into the 80 percentile of voter participation across the board in these precincts, it's a sure sign of fraud. They deduced that from the 2012 presidential election in Russia, that's exactly the pattern that was enacted in Maricopa. But, but why, then why are we here? Why are we on, why is people we, not being arrested, Patrick? Why? Because oh. it's all corrupt. It's all corrupt. It's all corrupt. It's turtles all the way down. Have you ever heard my story about turtles all the way down? Oh, yes. <laughs> but not everyone else has heard it. So I, I've never heard it, Patrick, but I have some on. weird Eddie Murphy joke in my mind. It, it might, might not want to know about the turtle poking his head out, but go ahead. <laughs> well, this, it's an old story about Bertrand Russell, the English philosopher in the 1920 was in India, and he was lecturing on things like Einstein's theory of relativity. And the story is that some Hindu cosmology professor stood up in the back of the hall and said, Professor Russell, I'm sorry, that's not how the universe is run it rides on the back of a turtle. And Russell said, well, what's the turtle ride on? And the Hindu said, well, the back of another turtle, of course. And Russell said, well, what's that turtle ride on? And the Hindu professor said, I'm sorry, Russell, it's turtles all the way down. <laughs> well, when you deal with Washington, DC, I, 15 years ago, sort of got on this thing looking for solid bedrock, but it's turtles all the way down, it's all corrupt. It's all corrupt. So we have one last, Ultimately, I mean, we talk as if there's not a third branch of government. 
there's going to be some, there's a way to beat this more quickly is if we can get enough information to keep servicing that it can justify some kind of case that can get uh, uh, maybe back to the district court or maybe to the Supreme Court if somebody had the right standing and to get, uh, so that is something that could short circuit things. And what would happen there would be, it's a different political climate than a year ago. And maybe we could get an election, a fresh election order because this is so dubious. David, I, I would I affirm, you. I would affirm half of what Patrick said, I, I, but the branch of government is the, the unspecified one. The, you know, we don't have a free press, but we are developing and creating a free press that is an alternative social media um, landscape. And it's growing because we've never been more distrustful about the legacy media. Um, so I, I think as we grow that, to, to Patrick's point, we have seen momentum. Even when, when CNN is saying 52% of the American people don't trust our elections, um, that's a good sign that we're on the right track. But I think that's that's kind of part of the curse campaign. How do we make the environment so untenable for the, the ruling elites that they start to, to shriek back and cowardice? The court stuff, I'm still frustrated if for no other reason, when you look at the black letter law and you look at the case law precedent from Bush versus Gore and you've got someone named President Donald Trump who's on the ballot being told that he didn't have standing on a case. It's just it's hard to have confidence when people say I've got the magic lawsuit. It's like if he doesn't get a cut, what confidence yeah. do we have for the, the, the regular American people at the district court level? So I, I think the, the legal solution only becomes palatable if the free press of citizen journalists is shining lights everywhere to where everyone's like, I can't walk down the street right now. I'm so, you know, under attack from from just criticism here and there. Uh, so that those are my closing thoughts. And they're going to be closing because since Phil Waldron's here, I'm going to tag out right. and uh, <laughs> take some other things. OK, so, gentlemen, thank you for enlightening me. Uh, God bless you all. Hey, Take God bless care, you. Let's talk tomorrow. Okay. All right. So, so I know we went a little bit longer, and uh, Colonel Waldron, welcome back. And one of the things that Professor Clements said was citizen journalism. And Max, maybe we could share your screen. Maybe not share your screen. Maybe we could put that yeah. up. Can we, you we put up? Can you put up the video, <laughs> or excuse me, put up the the link that I put you uh, made Ash in America. I put it just below the other image. And this is, uh, you know, Ash wrote this, and it's called The Interstate Conspiracy Fact, in print, uh, to defraud the American people. And just to give you an idea, and, and I'll put this in the, in the um, uh, comment section so you can actually read it. But one of the things, let me just give you a, a Reader's Digest. It says the media is lying to you again. I mean, they've been lying to you from over and over and over again. The Maricopa results are damning a criminal, and the similarities between Maricopa and Mesa point to criminal conspiracy. Uh, go ahead and take it down. I, I think that I think that when we talk about citizen journalists, we've lost the mainstream media. The mainstream media has no value and has zero. Go ahead and take Professor Clements off as well, if you would. Um, has no value to who we are as a as a country. They they. they they have no value. They don't even report on things. Well, that they, have a they have a value, Joe. It's a negative value. They, they have a negative value. But people are still it's listening to them. 
Well, that's the negative value. It's, yeah. uh, you know, they're really, it's, they're really not even about, there's no pretense anymore with dealing with them. Yeah. Actually, there's a few of them. Anyway, well. Yeah, I, I agree with Patrick. The professional responsibilities are, you know, everyone's forgetting choose to have some sense of it was a bit of a sacred, it was a calling and they had some special duties to society and such. And everyone's just kind of forgotten those special duties, callings. If our, if our media had any credibility, they would be investigating all the business dealings that uh, Hunter Biden uh, and it is evidenced by the emails on his laptop. Uh, talking to talking to the Chinese companies, looking at why things happened Russian the way they did in Afghanistan. Well, look, just look look at Afghanistan. Uh, it, the the withdrawal. Any any lieutenant out of the the officers' basic course could have run a better uh, retrograde operation than than happened uh, in Afghanistan. So there's reasons, and, and and I bring this up because elections have consequences. Elections have consequences, and this particular election is rapidly driving America uh, to the bottom. It's killing our, our citizens, our warriors, uh, our allies. We'll never have an ally that, that is willing to go uh, to fight with us in the next you know, 10, 15 years. Uh, so this election, the stealing of all of the elements of national power, through the election is a national security issue. It is one that is pivotal. It's, it's about the survival of our country uh, because our country's not gonna survive very much longer on the path that uh, this administration, this illegitimate administration uh, is taking us. And, and I was kind of hoping that the professor would get a little bit more, uh, you know, and maybe I missed part of it, visceral about the courts and the judicial branch. But, um, you know, we're, we're rapidly approaching the point where we don't have a, a valid federal government. Our judiciary is broken. The, the executive branch is broken. The legislative branch is sure, uh, you know, corrupt and, and, and at least illegitimate. I mean, there's two senators from Georgia who are illegitimately uh, uh, sworn in there. So um, I think this is all going to come out, but it's, you know, like you said, the citizen journalism, maybe we are the citizen journalist. Maybe, you know, we have to replace the FBI and do the investigative work that, that, that journalists and the FBI should be doing, um, whether it's CONUS, OCONUS, um, globally. But elections have been stolen globally. So this is not a U.S. phenomenon. This is a global phenomenon. And when you link it to the stated goals of the globalists, you know, all you have to do is read the enemy's battle plans. You know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't take a, a deep study in, into uh, Sun Tzu to realize what's happening. Just do a superficial, superficial look in the battle plans. Well, well, I, I tell you what, we, uh, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna come back and do this again. We're, we're about, we've run about an hour and a half here. I know you guys got a lot of stuff to do, but we're gonna have this round table again, bring some other uh, brilliant minds to the, the table. And, but I, I'll give you guys all a, a closing thought. We'll start with you, Patrick. Uh, I think we got them. My, my base case, I feel good we can achieve, which is that 13 month plan, no civil war. But we are looking for opportunities, and we may pick up we may pick up some yardage in the meantime. We're a lot of court cases that are we're now 
getting all kinds of court cases into the state Supreme Courts and the federal, and we may have some other tricks up our sleeve. So, uh, but the, the base case is that 13 month plan. Then let's see if what we can accelerate. Thank you. Peace. Thank you. Yeah, peace. Peace. Jovan. So folks, you're it. If you've learned anything, you have to activate. I call this, it's now time to earn your citizenship. We thought it was a birthright, but look how many our rights and freedoms have gone away. And so this has now been exposed before your eyes. This is a great gift, but it is up to us to accept this, take it and act on it. This is where you earn your citizenship. You cannot be quiet. You have to get active. You have to get involved. There's simple things you can do. Why don't you go down and find out how many people are registered to vote using your home address? If they're there, expose it. You can do many things. It is time to activate. The sidelines have pushed together. Both sides have come together. We know it's there. You're on. You're it. Tag. Unlike Eternal vigilance is the price of liberty. Colonel Waldron, give you a final thought. Thanks for coming back with us. Oh, no, no worries. Uh, uh, it, it does take eternal vigilance and uh, the country can be lost in one generation. And we we're seeing that it almost has been. Uh, I, I think, you know, from November, from the, the Gettysburg hearing, we've been talking about the need for full forensic audits because we saw the patterns emerging. Now we are connecting the state to state to state from the actual forensic audits. So we're going to be a compare across the country from multiple forensic audits, from multiple different electronic voting system companies, and show the the continuity of the vulnerabilities. And I firmly believe that everything that was in that Antrim County report is still true. I don't care if Halderman, uh, you know, uh, rebutted it. I don't think his rebuttal uh, really really serves to take anything away from that Antrim County report. These systems, and the more we find out, are designed. For fraud yeah yeah we didn't even get to talk about it today just the one bit from the report that everyone was using the same admin password they're all using the same admin password so there's not even any like identifiable usernames that you can tell who does what when it looks like they got at least one of them on security cameras so hopefully that moves through prosecution but yeah no there's there's tons of stuff in here and uh machines aren't trustable untrustworthy well, no way none, none of these systems would pass any even the unclassified government uh operational uh, test it was stand up so none of those systems would pass even a basic level of cybersecurity or cybersecurity practices you do not give anyone your logon and password even you know even your unclassified systems so it's 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 ludicrous it's just i would say laughable but it makes me want to puke instead of laugh well, I think that we've we've seen quite a bit, and I think that people are waiting for us to do something. And, and, and you can see by the comments that people are saying, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Obviously, I do not believe in advocating for violence, but I do believe that we are going to have to stand in the gap. And I believe that our, our accountability, what we request from them, is going to have to become more forceful. We know that we have a compromised uh, intelligence community. We know we have a compromised judiciary. We know we have a compromised legislative body. And... All of the key components 
of our of our country have been broken down to the place where they unequally apply laws. See what they're doing to our January 6th political prisoners. Uh, we had one that just passed away, just so you know, a couple days ago, um, who was charged. He was shot with a um, a pepper ball from the or pepper spray from the um, police and went in to wash his eyes out, was being assisted by the police, and they still came, charged him, put him in prison, or excuse me, put him in jail, um, and charged him with seven crimes. So, and now we're hearing more stuff come out about the FBI being the ones to first breach the Capitol um, as well. So, you know, we're, I believe we're going to have to stand up in a more forceful manner, and I don't believe in advocating for violence. I don't think we're, we should ever go to violence, but we are the 500,000-pound gorilla in the room with a small string tied to our ankle, tied to a fence that's not even in the ground, and we don't realize the power that we have as the American people. And these, the, these criminals, these terrorists that run around our streets and that try to act as if they represent the best interest of us as people, I think at some point we are going to have to say the gig is up. And, you know, we won't be the first one to, to fire. Like I said, I've never come to a fight that, that uh, and started a fight, but I've finished a whole lot of them. And we're going to have to find our God courage somewhere in the middle of this. Gentlemen, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for the great work that you've done across the nation. God bless you. And um, you are all in my prayers, and it is just an honor to walk shoulder to shoulder with you in this fight. We'll do this again probably in the next week or so, and we'll have plenty more to talk about, I'm sure. Won't we, Jovan? <laughs> yes, we will. Believe it. Yes, we will. Thanks, gentlemen. All right. God bless you. Thanks, Joe. Jovan. So, so Max, this was a, it was a great— It's crazy. We barely scratched the surface. Yeah. We... An hour and 40 minutes in, didn't really get into the ink. With Jovan, didn't really have yeah. a whole time trying to get as much as I could have him on the paper. Didn't yeah. get any, didn't get into a lot of the the cyber stuff. Um, didn't talk a whole lot about Dominion. So there's definitely going to be room for part two. So I want everyone to notice to see this. I'm going to go ahead and put this up really quick. Um, you're going to want to see this. I thought this was absolutely hilarious. Um, and and this is this is what happens when you know you're over the target, right? This is what happens when. Frankly, Did our you, Coomer bake you a cake? Oh, no, no. It's better than that. It's better than that. So that, that in Colorado, there's these uh, left-wing radicals that write stories about us. Ash, I'm going to ask you to write a rebuttal to these people, and we can have a little bit of fun with that. Uh, Mr. Producer, I just put it in the comments uh, so you have it as well. If you can go ahead and put this up, this will be really interesting. It's a link on Colorado's top 10 Ooh. most dangerous election deniers from Col Colorado Newsline, which is really not even a magazine. Uh, written by a Quentin Young. Um, pretty interesting stuff. Go ahead and put it up and you go ahead and go down. You have a prominent position. Go, go, go down. Go down, go down. Let's, let's go you through beat, the top ten. You beat let's go. Bobert. Yeah, yeah, I did beat Bobert. Let's go to number ten is Randy Corcoran. Congratulations, Randy Corcoran. You are in the top ten, Colorado top ten <laughs> election deniers, Randy Corcoran. Number nine is Michelle Malkin. Number eight is Scott Gessler. He has a special place of shame on the list because he's the formal Secretary of State. I think that he actually is great. Uh, Tina Peters, number seven. You beat Tina Peters? Hold on. I did. Hold on. Keep, 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 you're telling everybody. Number six. No, we haven't seen you. We haven't seen you, so obviously you beat her. Yeah, I did beat her. I did beat her. All right. <laughs> number six on the list is Ron Hanks, representing his Colorado constituents very, very well um, in the 60th District of the State House. Number five, Ash Epp. Ash, you are number five on the list. 
And you are an amazing, amazing journalist. I just want to point that out. And you can find Ash. Obviously, I'll put it in here. Number four. Guys, I'm still alive. Number four. Let, let is, everyone know, Laura Bober is on screen at number three, and Joe has not been seen yet. So put your comment <laughs> in the comment section. What do you think? Do you think he's number one, or do you think he's number two? Let me know in the comment what? section right now. In the comment section. We're not going to go any further yet. Not going to go any further yet. Number four, though, is Sharona Bishop. Sharona is America's mom. She is amazing. She, she lives her life. All of these people live their life in faith in God and have stood up not only living their life in faith, but acting in that faith. Number three is Lauren Bobert. Ah, you did it! You went too uh, far. You sure. Butterfingers. Oh. Everyone Lauren in the comment Bobert section say Butterfingers. Is number three as an election <laughs> denier. She's a member of Congress from Silt, um, and she's a seditionist. That's interesting. All right, unrepentant champion of insurrectionists. They're not insurrectionists. They're they're very, 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 very brave Americans that stood up and said, "We've had enough because you've stolen our election." Number two on the list. Number two, I did not make it to number one, but I hope to in the next couple of weeks have another article written about me that take me to number one. I am number two. I am an energetic conspiracy theorist. No mention of the fact that I was the CEO of a tech company that I started on a cocktail napkin over nine years ago. I've employed over 200 people and I was a two-time entrepreneur. I'd rather be energetic, rather uh, be energetic than Sleepy Joe. Yeah, no kidding. But I'm a, I'm a Douglas County resident, originated the debunked claim. There has never been a debunked claim promoting that Trump, the Dominion voting systems, and one of its executives, Eric Coomer, were involved in rigging the election in favor of Biden. Oldman is now a defendant in a defamation lawsuit brought by Coomer, but he is defiant. You're damn right I'm defiant. You know why I'm defiant? Because I didn't lie, but that piece of trash did. And number one on the list that I got beat by, I am in the top three. Oh, where is uh, it? Let's go up. Number one, number one uh, is Sean Smith. Now, let me just say, he, he says that Smith describes himself as a retired Air Force colonel who worked in missile and space operations to perform operational testing and oversight. He describes himself. This piece of trash that wrote this article, go ahead and take it down. This piece of trash that wrote this article, just so we're clear, hasn't served a day of, of anything for this country other than writing this propaganda trash that he writes because he's part of the leftist radical pieces of trash that we have in our communities. So I made the top 10 of people that I guess are, I don't know, conspiracy theorists. Well, you know why? You know why I'm not on the list? Why? Because I don't live in Colorado. Ah, I would have been, been, been number one. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I made it. I we, made have it two, to, we have too many. I made it to the top we have 10. too many here in Texas for a top 10. It would so be like I, a top 100 here in Texas. I, I, made it to, <laughs> I made it to a 10, just so you know, in the top 10 of a nobody that writes for a piece of trash magazine that represents the Antifa terrorists of our society. So they, they just start up these little blogs and stuff. I have news for you, though. We're going to start doing exposés on all of these journalists. We'll start with uh, Sean Beadle, the pedo uh, Antifa leader down in Colorado Springs. Um, he is uh, uh, was a, a teacher. Uh, crazy stories that are coming out about this piece of trash down in Colorado Springs. Read some nice articles about me. Really fictional stuff. I almost felt like I was reading uh, a Harry Potter book. Um, it's kind of now funny, you, actually. Now, you, just, you yeah. just misgendered this individual, so I'm going to let slide. No, I didn't. No. A cousin slide. it. It's cousin it. Let slide. Sorry. Cousin it. I, I, when I see this guy, I expect him to be the hairiest person ever. I experience. I expect him to have all the hair that I just shaved off. No, nope, I expect nope. him to be Mountain Man. 
he, with the he, cousin wa- it. He, he waxes himself, I guess. Oh. Uh, 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 no, thank you. <laughs> so listen, everyone, I just want to say thank you for showing up. We're going to do a couple more of these. We have some other uh, we great. Have one more thing. What? Well, go ahead. Yeah. We have one more thing. If, if yeah. we can go to my screen, Mr. Producer, uh, right while this was going on, Arthur Pavlovsky arrested again. Yeah. The minute he landed in Ca- in Canada, he was arrested again. Yeah, we'll be we'll so be now, doing we'll see. be doing a fundraiser for uh, Art Pavlovsky too. Stay tuned for it. Um, it'll be coming out on email. We'll put it out on the site. But we're going to raise some money for his family. Um, Apparently, they're, he's facing up to four years. Yeah, he is facing up to four it's years. Insane. So we're going to have an ongoing thing for it. He said he's facing up to six years. Six years. Up to six. Facing. Yeah. Listen, everyone, this is what tyranny looks like. This is what happens when an oppressive government tries to, all over the world, reset and take firm control of their communities and kill people. They are creating genocide. This, these, are, these are homicidal maniacs that we have in our society. And we got pieces of trash that are really sociopathic, that are trying to basically do everything they can to hurt you as an American, take away opportunity from your kids, grandkids. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll be doing everything we can to help Art. Uh, you will uh, you'll see some of that as well. So, yeah, I'm really angry, but I I just saw that uh, I, I don't think that Art should have gone back. I certainly was not going to have Art go back, um, but we'll be putting something out. We'll be putting something out to help him as well. Well, we just we just gotta we just gotta smuggle him in again. <laughs> huh? We just got to smuggle him in again. We just got to get him in again. Yeah. And, and next time, don't let him leave, for sure. Well, we're about an hour and 45, hour, 50 minutes in, so that's going to be it for this special edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. Probably going to go out on audio as two hours. Um, so if you happen to be hearing this and you only listen to 45 minutes, you've probably listened to part two first. Um, so go back and listen to part one after. Uh, but if you haven't already subscribed to the audio version of the podcast, it's very important that you do this. On Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean. All those links are in the description. If you're watching on DLive, you can scroll down and you can find all of those links down in the different panels below the screen. We go live Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern in the morning and then 7 p.m. Eastern at night. So make sure you tune in for that. And if you want to get an alert when we go live, you don't trust social media, you don't trust big tech to get you that alert, you can text the word FREEDOM, F-R-E-E-D-O-M, to the number 89517. Again, that's freedom to 89517, and you'll get added to our text alert system. You'll get a text message 15 within the, the 20 minutes before we go to air, letting you know and giving you the links for where you can find us. And also, there is a link in the description to join our email newsletter. Very, very helpful, especially if you want to participate in some of our different activism campaigns to try and take action Listen, on the Listen, tonight, what you got, Joe? just so you know, tonight, Max will be writing a uh, specific email and text that'll go out to support Art. We're not going to wait more than 10 minutes to do it. Max will get it out in the next hour. We'll get it out on email. We'll get it out on text. We're going to do everything we can to support Art. Please, please, please support Art Pawlowski. Yeah. I will reach out to his son, and I will reach out um, to the people that are helping him right now and make sure that they know that we'll be sending funding and uh, I'll be making some phone calls as well. I anticipated they were going to arrest him. I did not anticipate they were going to do it and punish him in the second he got off the plane. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, Guys, the e- go to 89517, text FREEDOM to 89517, and we will send you a text about Art Pawlowski and how you can stand yeah. up and help him. For sure. 
So check out all the links in the description. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. Again, special thank you to all of our guests who are on this hour. We're going to do it again. It was a lot of fun. And again, my name is Max McGuire. My name is Joe Oltman. And remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country isn't over yet, not by a long shot, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.